0: Thank you for listening to the Cathedral Church Podcast. We hope this resource inspires you and equips you to walk in everything that God has for you. The new Hebraic year 5780 began on Rosh Hashanah September the 29th, 2019. And it will move into the new year for you and I 2020 until next fall, where once again, Rosh Hashanah, the new year for Israel will take place. As you know, the Jews believe God's calendar is revelatory to help us focus on the possibilities. I always want you to understand that. Just because I make a statement about this coming year, it's not a guarantee it's gonna happen in your life. You have to understand the possibility is there, but you've gotta believe God for it. They believe that the calendar uh, focuses on the possibilities contained and the seasons of our life. Genesis chapter 1, and God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark, say mark, Mark. sacred times and days and years It will mark them. And so we're looking today and we're understanding what the mark is for this coming year of 2019, 2020 for you and I. We're looking at it and it's the mark of pay, the letter pay. Now I don't have time, but you know that with uh, in the Hebraic calendar and the Hebrew that letters and numbers go together. so when a Jew looks at the number eighty, they see the letter pay and the letter pay means uh, mouth or expression. this is the mark that God has placed on this year of fifty seven eighty now, last week in part one we pause for a moment to understand the numbers. And as I mentioned, pay means mouth. It means word, expression, speech, or breath. And so we understand that 5780 means may it be the year of expression. May it be the year. 5700 means may it be. 80 means expression. So May it be the year of expression. And this is critical for you and I as we go into our Gregorian calendar, 2020, and we know that we're moving into this new season with 2020 vision, okay? We've come out of a decade, okay, 70, 5770 to 5779, we've come out of a decade, which the letter for that decade was ayin, it means eyes to see, so the last decade the Jews believed that it was a decade for them to see, to get insight, revelation, understanding, and awareness. But now, as they're moving into a new decade, the decade of the 80s, they believe that it is a decade of the mouth to express, to speak out. And so we, this morning, believe that 2020, perfect vision, is a year that begins a decade of prophetic expression following a decade of prophetic insight. We saw it, now we gotta say it. We had insight, now we have to express it. And you remember the statement that it's good to have insight, but you've got to express the insight or the revelation that God gives you. So this morning, I want you to understand the numbers and how critical this is. Last week, we talked about the mystery of pay. The mystery of pay. It's made up there of the the letter Yod and Kof, and bet is hidden inside, but those two letters of Yod and Kof. Kof means container for the soul, Yod means hidden divine spark. And so I made the statement that pay is a picture of the divine spark hidden within your soul. And so with 2020 vision, this is the year to reignite the divine spark hidden in your soul. This is the year for you to awaken that divine spark. Where you've been perhaps lethargic, it's time to awaken. Where you've been, uh, just, uh, where, where you've been uh, holding back, it's time to step up and speak out. And we went to Acts chapter two, with the day of Pentecost, the birthing of the church, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and then Peter, in verse 14, Peter, who was the one who denied him. Peter was the one that said, I never knew him, I'm not a part of him. He's the one in verse 14 who the Bible says, he stepped up and he raised his voice. He raised his voice and he spoke out. And we made the statement that this is the year, with 2020 vision, this is the year to raise your voice. What you've seen with ayin, you now need to express with pay. What you saw yesterday, you got to declare it tomorrow. This is the season that we're going into. This is the time that God has marked with the letter pay. This is the Hebraic year, 5780, the year of expression. Pray with me, Father, bless the reading of your word. Give us revelation into who we are, where we are, where we're going, and what you're going to do. Help us to understand the season that we're moving into and the possibilities of the voice of the church being heard. May we raise our voice and express ourselves. We pray it in Christ's name and everybody said amen. Amen. Now I'm gonna take you to a place perhaps you wasn't expecting, but... I'm gonna show you on the screen, and you can turn if you'd like to, but I gotta move quickly this morning. But I'm gonna go to Joshua chapter six, and I want you to look at verse one and two on the screen. I'm gonna speak for just a minute about cities tightly shut up. It says in verse one, now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, none went in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hands I've given you the king and the mighty men of valor. Now, you know the story. Captivity in Egypt for hundreds of years, mighty deliverance through the hand of Moses and Aaron, brought out of Egypt. They toppled the greatest empire on the earth at that time. They cross the Red Sea. They wander for 40 years. Uh, finally, they, they come back to Kadesh Barnea the second time. They missed it the first time, the second shot, they're going to make it, they're going to cross this thing, they're going to cross the Jordan, and they're going to move into the land of promises. They've dreamed of this, they've spoke of it, they've told their, the stories to the children, they're all excited, and so they come in to this promised land, and the very first thing that they encounter is that the land of promises is shut up. God has it in lockdown. Now, I don't know about you, but that for me would not be real encouraging, that the first thing you encounter is a padlock on the promises of God. But I want you to notice here in verse one and two, number one, I want you to know that God will give you prophetic insight into his land of promises. Now, we just came out of the decade, as I said, the 70s, Ien, it means eye to see, okay? The decade of 70, the Hebrew letter ayin, the season of the eye, the season of vision. And I want you to note in the Hebrew alphabet, there's an order. First comes ayin, suggesting the priority of the eyes or understanding or awareness. But second comes pay or verbal expression. So here it goes, here we go, guys. Ayin will give you insight, but it's pay that gives insight expression. In other words, God will show you something first, but then you have to declare it. God will give you revelation first, but then you've gotta speak it. With a, with a mouth, confession is made unto salvation. You may see it, you may be made aware of it, but then you've got, to give, uh, you've got to give expression to what God has shown you. And this is something that in traditional Pentecost, we haven't done a real good job at. We haven't done as good of a job as we should have, with our words of faith, uh, being careful what we say, understanding that life and death is in the power of the tongue. We need to do a better job with the words that we release into our environment, and everybody say amen? amen. So, we see that eyeing gives insight, but it's pay that gives inside expression. And thinking of this city that is tightly shut up, and thinking of who we are, and just Considering where we're at right now, I was thinking about the awareness of Beaumont, this region, how God has made us aware. And, and I just highlighted a few things that I, I won't go back and I won't cover all of them, but just a few things. And, and going back and when we first, you know, re, when we first got here in 06 and, and how that in that dream I had where Brother Kilpatrick spoke to me and said, almost Stodd. And that word, Omastad is Scandinavian. I'm Danish. My name is Felshaw. It's German. My family came out of Northern Germany. I'm fourth generation, Northern Germany. They were Danish right out of Copenhagen, Denmark. And, and, and is, is that Scandinavian language. And, and, and he said, Omastad to me, which means a commanding voice in a city. Little then do we know where we'd be today. commanding voice. I I, I thought of Humberto and how that uh, in the beginning of 2007, Wanda Davis, Paul Keith Davis's wife, had a a vision, a dream, and heard a voice that said on Rosh Hashanah of this year, a hurricane will strike the continental United States, and that will mark the spot where I'm going to blow in and bring a revival to America. And Humberto now she named the day Rosh Hashanah of 2007. Humberto was the fastest forming hurricane in American history. I went to bed that night and we had a tropical storm off our coast and I went to bed, I mean, you know, I, I, I didn't think nothing about it, I went to bed. Woke up the next morning of the blue sky, turned on Good Morning America, only to find out that a hurricane had hit Beaumont while I was sleeping. It exploded into a storm, came through Beaumont, came over High Island, hit Beaumont on Rosh Hashanah, just like she prophesied. A historical storm, the fastest forming hurricane in American history. Humberto hit us and marked the spot where God said, I'm gonna move. I remember the year of the prophets. Four, 12? 12? 13, 12, 13, the year of the prophets. We had so many prophets come through here, Chuck Pierce and others, and the words that were released in the house, and then not in my city, starting in 2016, and how that we discovered the Beaumont race riot out of a study that God led Charmaine to do in 2014. and 2016, this thing blows up on us, and we discovered that two men died that night, and one of them was a relative of mine, and here we are again, a commanding voice in a city and then Harvey 2017 with United Aid of Southeast Texas, and then one city united with a 2019 city election. I'm I'm telling you this morning, God will make us aware of what he wants us to unlock. Now we're talking about a city that was tightly shut up, and God made Joshua in Israel aware of Jericho. But God will make you aware of what he wants you to, to unlock. Cities can be locked down. Cities can be tied up. Cities can be under a padlock. God will make us aware of what he wants us to unlock in your family, in your church, in your city, in your nation. God will give you insight and he will begin to show you things. I. the decade of seeing, of understanding, of awareness, of vision and revelatory knowledge. God will reveal things to you. He will say, I want you to do this and I want you to do that in Beaumont. I want you to unlock this and I want you to unlock that. I want you to address this issue and I want you to address that issue. He will reveal things to you in your city, your church, your family, your your life, he reveals things to you because he wants you to unlock it. Unlock it. Number two, talking about Joshua chapter six, verse one and two. I want you to know that often your prophetic promise will be under lock and key. As I mentioned, they come into the promised land and immediately they find a padlock. And they go, well, wow, 40 years in the wilderness, all they went through with Egypt, they're thinking we're just fixing to walk in. It's going to be milk and honey just flowing. We're going to sit out under our own vine and just have a good time. God says, No, no, no. Your promise is locked up. Now look at Second Corinthians chapter ten on the screen. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So we look at, talking about our city, we're talking about the arguments of Beaumont. Beaumont, stagnant in its growth since uh, 1960. Struggling school district, crime rate higher than the state average, decaying infrastructure, racially divided, three, 23% in poverty, and what the nation calls a sad, hopeless city. down. the arguments, but yet God puts a church in this city to rise up against the arguments and to call things that are not as though they are and to say, you will not keep my city locked up. You will not keep the lives of men locked up. You will not shut up this city but we will tear down strongholds and every argument that hell belches out, we're gonna give voice to the word of the Lord and we're gonna to begin to speak truth. We're gonna pierce the darkness and see men's lives transformed because God has called us to unlock the city. Now, Here recently, I've been doing some things and uh, with, with uh, my lease and so I needed a lock. Well, I didn't want some old sissy lock. <laughs> so I did some research and there's a lock, there's a company in Germany called Abus. Now they make a lock. Now this lock weighs two pounds. It's shrouded so you can't cut it. You need to know that the strength of the lock often reveals the value of the content. The strength of the lock. The greater the value of the content, the better the lock. This lock is one that insurance companies will recognize. You can't pick it. There's only five men in the United States who can pick that lock. It weighs two pounds. It's huge. $100, over $100 for that padlock. You can go to Home Depot and buy one for five bucks. You buy that one, it's gonna cost you over $100, but it's a serious lock. The value of the content is determined often by the strength of the lock. City's locked up, city's locked up. I've often wondered why Beaumont, our region, gets get such strong words like Omistad, Humberto, not in my city, United of Southeast Texas, City election, all the things, and yet there's so much, there's so many challenges that we're facing. There's something God sees, there's a value in this region that God wants to unlock. Every lock has a key uniquely cut to turn its tumblers, and in our case, that key is a person. Every lock has a key that's been uniquely cut that when you put it into that lock, it turns those tumblers. Now that lock I just showed you, I got extra keys made, cost $10 a key. You put that key in though, nobody in this area, including Houston, could cut that key. I called around and they laughed at me. They said, you got that ABUS lock? They says, oh no, 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 you're going to Germany. Oh no, ain't nobody around here do that. You put that key in and it turns it, you can't pick it, It takes a special key to turn those tumblers. Every lock has a key. Every city has a person. Every area, there's a church. When you study the New Testament, you find that they speak about the church of Corinth, the church of Ephesus. It talks about churches that God placed. Now, that doesn't discount any other churches. That doesn't diminish, diminish them. It doesn't do that. Every church has its unique calling. But within our unique calling, we are the church here. Within our unique calling, do you understand? Every instrument has a unique sound it makes. One instrument is, no, is not any more, more important than another instrument, but every instrument has a unique calling. Every church has a unique calling. And our calling in this city is to unlock the city, to bring the kingdom of God here and now. Territorial transformation is what we do. Now, you need to understand that God has a key for every lock. And you could be the key for your family. You could be the key for your church. You could be the key for your city. You could be the key for your business. You could be the key. You've been uniquely cut. Everything that you've gone through in life has been cutting you and shaping you and forming you and preparing you for one day where, put this picture back on the screen, guys, with the key in the person. Uh, One day, you're gonna step into your moment. That's what it means to be prophetic. It means you step into your moment and you become the answer to a a problem. You become the solution to a situation. When you step into a situation, and all the years, suddenly now, for me, just for this season that I'm in, I can look over my shoulder and see all that I've went through, and, and things I went, now I didn't understand that then, but I do now. Oh, that's why you did that. Oh, well, that's why that happened. How many knows that you're being cut, and shaped, and formed, and positioned, and readied for one day, for one day, one day? Joseph went through much but when Pharaoh caught him out of the dungeon, put a robe on him, a, fi- a ring on his finger, and put him the second man in command of that, that empire, Joseph said, I get it now. I understand. It's all right now. Listen, when you give purpose to suffering, it becomes tolerable. When you understand, I suffer for a reason. God's cutting on me. And he's, he's shaping me, molding me, breaking me. and he's getting me ready. But one day, I'm going to step into my moment. I'm going to unlock a... a door I'm going to unlock and make a way for others to follow. There's a city shut up and somebody's got to unlock it. Listen, the kingdom of God is not for sissies. It ain't for sissies. It ain't for sissies. You got to man up. You got to step up. Listen, this, this is an ecclesia. This is the ecclesia, which means the church which is nothing more than heaven's Congress on planet Earth to legislate kingdom business. This is the embassy of heaven in Beaumont, Texas. We have immunity here. We're not subject to the laws of this world. We live above that. I'm talking about in a spiritual sense now. We can walk on water where other men will sink. We can open eyes that are blinded where other men can't. This is an embassy, heaven's embassy. We're here to do kingdom business. It ain't for sissies. That ain't for sissies. Every lock has a key. God's been whittling on you, getting you ready to unlock some door. I know it, it hurts. There's been times I've told you before, I've said to him in this sanctuary, and I said, I can't take anymore. You gotta, you gotta give me, you gotta, I can't do it anymore, you gotta stop. I can't take it, but then I'm reminded to whom much is given, much is required, but to whom much is required, he'll give himself to that person much. And so I find that the further I go on that limb, the more I find him. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. You see, Peter, Peter was the key that unlocked the house of Cornelius. You remember the story of Peter. He wasn't gonna go to them Gentiles and fool with him. He's a Jew, God says you need to go. And he brought Pentecost to that man's house. Peter was the key that unlocked the house of Cornelius. Whose lock will you unlock? What lock do you fit? Where will you make a difference? Are you the key to your family, key to your business, your church, your city? God's been cutting on you uniquely, shaping you like a key, getting you ready. And when the moment comes, will you be ready to make a difference, to unlock the lock, to make a way where there seems to be no way? As Moses was to Israel, as Peter was to Cornelius, So shall you be. Who will God use to unlock our prophetic promises? Who? Who will God use to unlock the prophetic promises of this house? Who will God use to unlock the prophetic promises of Beaumont, Southeast Texas? Who will God use? Who in this room is ready to be an instrument in the hands of God? Just say, I will be a key that you can use to unlock things. You need to get, listen, you, you, you need to find your place. Never underestimate the power when the right person gets in the right place equals the right power. You need to find your place. Everybody said amen. Amen. What time is it? Jesus. Come on, here we go, here we go, here we go. Let's talk real quick. Oh, Jesus. It's better you not see this, okay. Let's talk about the key to the city. You've heard the key to the city. They give you the key to the city. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, say mouth. mouth, but you shall meditate, say meditate, day and night, that you may observe, say observe, to do everything that's written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have great success. Joshua 1.8, the beginning of this conquest, the first thing that God tells him is put something in your mouth. Put something in your mouth. Now, the word mouth there, of course, is the word pay, which means mouth. The word meditate there means to murmur. And the word observe there means to keep guard or a watchman. So God is telling Joshua, and he comes into the land of promises. The first thing he tells him is get your mouth right. Get your mouth right. And if you have to, you're just gonna walk around and murmur to yourself. God's gonna give us the city. God's gonna give us this land. See, you, you, you're gonna to learn to talk to yourself. You're gonna to learn to talk to yourself. People think you're crazy. How many of have been driving around in your car you've been talking to yourself, talking? Okay, God, I don't know what you're doing. People think you're crazy. Yeah. I just act like I'm on the phone. Look, just hold your phone up, act like you're talking on your phone. You just, people think you're talking to somebody where well, you really, you're really just talking to yourself, talking to God. You murmur Observe, you gotta watch over. He said, I want you to observe. I want you to watch over the Word. I want you to watch over your mouth. I want you to be careful. Get the Word in your mouth. You need to speak the Word and you need to watch over the Word, watch over your mouth. You need to watch what you say. Watch what you say? You gotta watch your mouth. He said, guard your mouth, watch your mouth. So the third thing I want you to know is that our greatest weapon in conquering our city is the Word of the Lord in our mouth In our mouth. 2 Corinthians 1. For all the promises of God in him are yes and amen to the glory of God through us. Say through us. There's a partnership between God and you and I. Okay. Because there's a yes and amen in every promise. Hebrews 4.12. For the word of the Lord is living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Two-edged sword there in the Greek, as you know, is the word dystomos, which means two mouths. Mouth, dis meaning to, stoma meaning mouth. So we understand that the saints amen to God's yes activates his promise. So God up in heaven says he will cry out and say, yes, I'll give you the city. Double-edged sword, yes and amen in Christ Jesus, but the church has to say amen. Double-edged sword, de yes and amen, activates the promises of God. Okay, greatest weapon in your mouth. Number four, your strength is found in your silence. Joshua 6.10. Now, Joshua had commanded the people saying, Jericho, march around it. Seven days, I'm going as fast as I can. You know the story from Sunday school. Seven days, Jericho, walls, knock them down. Seven days. Six days, you march around it once with silence. The seventh day, you march around seven times. The seventh time, you blow the trumpet, you shout, and the walls fall down. Joshua 6.10. Now, Joshua commanded the people, you shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to you, shout, then you shall shout it out. Did you know it takes a child two years to learn vocal expression? In a lifetime, the language of silence. Now there's, there's a lot of things I can say about this, but I'm just gonna give you a few and we're gonna be done. The language of silence. I want you to see this, Jericho, these walls are intimidating. There's no way Israel can do this on their own. They're gonna march around it in silence. Up on the walls are these men of Jericho and they're taunting them. Now, you have gotta understand that these were men of valor, these were war, these were men of war and uh, and, and the pastor comes out to the men of war and uh, you know, they're all rambled up, they got on their camo and they've got, you know, they're all, man, they're to the T. They're like ready to go to war. And he comes up and says, this is what we're going to do, guys. This is the plan. And, man, they're ready. They're biting at the, I mean, they're just ready. They said, we will march around the city, but I want you to say one thing. It's a great plan, Pastor. That's good. Up on the walls, their enemy is taunting them and laughing at them, making fun of them, making fun of them. They're stupid, y'all. They're stupid idiots out there. Look at that mess. And these guys are ready to fight. It's not just they did it one day, they had to do it for six days. March around the city, and go back to their camp. It's tough. It's hard sometimes. Okay. This, the language of silence. A few things, think about. Self, self-control or restraint. Proverbs 16, better a patient person than a warrior, one with self-control than one who takes the city. It's been said if a man would conquer the world, he must first conquer himself. Those men were learning self-control. You gotta to learn to put a bit in your mouth. The Bible says that Moses was the meekest man on earth. You think that means passive, that don't mean passive. It means that he was meek. he was under submission, and God could take and control him like a horse, meek. It doesn't mean passive. It means power under control power under control if you would conquer the world you must first conquer yourself this deals with restraint see you think your power is in your shout but it's in your silence Shh. silence we're always uncomfortable with silence that's why we've always got background music white noise things happening we can't ever be quiet it makes us uncomfortable but your strength is in your silence. Are you restrained? Can God take you and restrain you? Can God control you? Do you know when to speak and when not to speak? Do you know when to move and when to be still? Restraint. Your strength is in your silence. The second thing, silence is the language of God. Psalms 46, be still and know that I'm God. Be still, be quiet, and know that I am God. Be still. Silence is the language of God. You learn God in those moments of silence. The quieter you become, the more you're able to hear. You gotta listen. You know what the Bible said? He that hath a mouth, let him speak. Uh, The Bible says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Is that what it said? He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. We're quick to speak, but we're slow to listen. The quieter you are, the more able you are to hear. Uh, Third thing, third thought. Silence is the sign of submission, Psalm 62. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. Silence is a sign of submission. Silence is a sword unseen because it is the wrong word spoken or the wrong action, or it's not, excuse me, because it's, not, it's the wrong word not spoken or the wrong action not taken. Silence is an unseen sword. Silence will, will pull you back and say, I'm not gonna say that. Silence will pull you back and say, I'm not gonna do that. It's an unseen sword. It's a powerful weapon that you can use if you learn how to. It's an act of submission. I'm going to submit to God's hand and I'm going to wait on him because my salvation comes from him. How many times have I got impatient with God and I wanted to put my hand on something? I got impatient and I wanted to fix it. I got ahead. Has anybody ever got ahead of God? Or am I the only one? Submission. Submission. Silence is a sign of submission. Speaking. Silence is speaking from your spirit. Ephesians 3, to be strengthened with might through his spirit and the inner man. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Notice, strengthen, inner man, power that works within me. Power that works within me. Speaking from your spirit instead of from your soul, your understanding. There is something that happens when a man learns to rein himself in When a man learns to submit and wait upon God, I'm not gonna speak too fast, I'm not gonna step too quick, I'm gonna wait on God. When a man does that, you learn how to speak from your spirit. Listen, you gotta learn to speak from your spirit. Our words are charged with strength and power if they spring from the silence of the spirit in our inner man. Our words are charged with power and strength if it comes from our inner man, our spirit man. You gotta learn to speak from your spirit. We talked about speaking spirits last week. You remember in Genesis chapter two, it said he made him a living soul. The Jews like to interpret that a speaking spirit. And we, in this coming decade, have got to learn how to speak from the spirit. That means we're not going to be soulish and step out too fast, say too much, too soon, but we learn how to be under restraint. We learn how to be submitted to his plan and wait on him. We learn how to wait and only speak when God tells us to speak and to say what God tells us to say. You see, the, the decade of the 80s, which is pay expression, doesn't give us the right just to run our turn, run, at our, run our mouth off. It means there's a bit in our mouth and God is able to control us and we say the right word at the right time to the right person. And when we do that, things begin to happen. Speaking from the Spirit. One last one I'll be done. Speaking from silence. Ecclesiastes 3.7, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. A child with hearing loss will develop a speech impediment because you must first learn how to hear correctly before you can speak correctly. And much of the church's problem is, is we don't know how to talk right because we've never learned how to Listen. We just run our mouths. Preachers can do it, just run our mouth. Instead of learning to sit still and listen, learn how to listen so you can learn how to speak. Silence is your strength, speaking from silence. But there comes a time, now look, you gotta be under restraint, you gotta control yourself. You gotta understand silence is the language of God, and so you gotta be still and listen. Listen, listen to him. You've got to know that it's a sign of submission, that I'm going to wait on God's plan and I'm not going to just get to get ahead of God. It means I'm going to speak from my spirit, from his mind and not from my own understanding. I'm going to speak from the spirit and I'm going to learn that there's a time for silence. A time. There's a time for Silence. And in that moment of silence, I find my strength and my power. It begins to charge, charge. I've been in meetings before with people and they just, they're just rattling stuff off and start to speak. And I pull back and they, they're running off, running their mouth. And I pull back and I pull back. And then I've learned in meetings, if I wait to the right moment and the Holy Spirit nudges me and then I say, gentlemen, can I say something? The whole room grows quiet. The atmosphere shifts and everybody stops and turns and looks at me at the table and they sense something in the room because there's strength in your silence. What's the old commercial? E.F. Hutton? You need to put a bridle on your mouth. You don't have to say everything. Always running. Always got the answer. Always got the answer. Always got the, you know what bugs me when somebody's always got the answer? Shh. But there comes a moment when you break the silence. You break the silence. The word mouth, pay, comes from a root word meaning to blow away, to break into pieces. It was their silence that made the shout so powerful. Six days of silence. The seventh day, marching around it multiple times in silence, and suddenly Joshua said, now shout. And when they shouted, the Bible says that symphonic sound. Remember, when we come into agreement, the New Testament, the word agreement, We can touch anything. The word agreement in the Greek is symphonio, where we get our word symphony from. When we come into agreement and we're all all self-controlled, we're all restraining ourselves, we're submitting to God, we're waiting on God, we've been listening to God, we speak from the spirit and not from the soul, we're sitting here and we're waiting for that moment when God says, now speak, suddenly there's a symphony of agreement, there's a symphonic sound, that goes that knocks the walls down you can touch anything if you'll learn to come under submission to Holy Spirit you can do anything if you'll learn to be still and to listen to him and only move when God tells you to move only speak when God tells you to speak there's power in your silence you need to understand this You think their powers and their shout, it was in their silence. And for six days, God was charging them, charging them. They're walking around that city and those guys are probably, they're taunting them, they're probably throwing tomatoes at them, they're making fun of them, throwing potatoes at them, they're laughing at them, and these big old burly men of warfare are having to just suck it up. The first day was humiliating. The second day, it was a struggle. But suddenly, somewhere through this whole thing, they're learning humility, submission, obedience, silence. Wait on God. Only speak when he tells me to. Only move when he tells me to. There's strength in my silence. There's strength in my meekness. There's power in my restraint. I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. I'm under control. I will restrain myself. I'm not given the pleasure or the luxury of doing what I want, when I want, how I want. I'm a man and a woman under assignment, and he's marching. And that seventh day, they're marching in unison. They're in agreement. It's a symphony. It's a symphonic sound that's building. And suddenly, the man of God says, shout! And when they opened their pay, that symphonic sound came out and the walls of Jericho came falling down. What keeps us from knocking the walls down in Beaumont where there's poverty, racism, violence, drugs, prostitution, you name it, is the lack of unity and the churches in Beaumont. But if the churches ever woke up and came together, there could be a symphonic sound that would knock every wall down. But we can't get over ourselves. David, come help me. So you gotta understand, you gotta understand, it's shh, Silence is a weapon. Shhh. Silence is a weapon. Ha. Yeah. I'm old. The older I get, the more, I, the less I'm willing to give unsolicited advice. I've been in a lot of situations. Somebody said, You ought to speak up and say something. I said, I ain't saying nothing to these fools. Hey. <laughs> Don't listen to me anyway. Hey means mouth, word, expression, speech. You see that mouth in that letter? Look at the white. It's the year, the decade of breath. May it be the year of expression. The Jews believe the calendar is revelatory to help us understand the possibilities. Genesis 1 says he marks the seasons, marks them. 5770 to 5779 was an anointed season to see. I believe it. You said, well, didn't it work for me? Well, I hate that for you, but you didn't. That's, there's a possibility. It's not a promise. It's a possibility. But in that season, there was an anointing to see if you were willing to see it. Remember, ayin means two eyes, negative and positive. You can see the good or you can see the bad. You had to make a choice. It was an anointed season, now it's the anointed time to speak, I believe. I've been saying it for years, for years. I've been saying, where are the leaders in our nation? Where are the men and women that will step up and give voice to what God is saying right now? Where are the leaders that would speak to the nation? Where are the leaders? I've looked for them. I've looked for them in Beaumont. Where is the voice? I listen for the voice. You'll know it when you hear it. Voice. The voice that's clear, that gives a call, calls the nation together, calls the church together. Where's the voice? Listening for it. I believe that in this coming decade, you're going to begin to hear voices. Rise up in the nation and speak and speak clearly. Give a clarion call. This is the way. Walk you in it. This is the direction. We come out of a decade of seeing and revelation and understanding, but now is the decade of speaking. Notice this, and I'm done. Fifty-seven, eighty. I can't even see that. Hang on. Fifty-seven. Go to the next one. Two calendars conversing. If you like to play with numbers, here you go. Fifty-seven, eighty, and twenty, twenty. Five plus seven plus eight plus zero equals twenty. The Gregorian calendar, 2020, and the Hebraic calendar, 5780, perhaps is converging this year. Just maybe, just maybe. So with 2020 vision, this is the year to raise your voice. With 2020 vision, I just came out of a decade Where I can honestly say in my personal life, in my personal ministry, I had revelation. I saw things. Saw things, insight. I saw it. And now I turn to the future and a decade of speaking what I just saw. To speak, to find my voice and to speak clearly because it's 5780. Hey. It's the year of expression. Thank you for listening to the Cathedral Church podcast. For more information about our church, visit icathedral.org.